to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad that you are still hanging in there with us, and we apologize for those last couple of episodes that the sound wasn't too great. We're still working our way through this microphone situation. We are definitely not professionals. We're going to blame that on a production crew, <laughs> and uh, since it's just Amanda and I both, I guess that falls on us, but... And we are in the age bracket that technology is outpacing our ability to learn. And definitely. So we have a very nice mic, but getting it set up properly, uh, that that's the case. <laughs> but we do appreciate y'all uh, joining us again for another episode. Uh, we We've really enjoyed it so far. And Amanda, you know, you've had a lot of people that's been contacting you. Yeah, we appreciate that. Y'all give us some feedback. Let us know what you want us to talk about and let us know if you're enjoying it. Um, I've, I've really had a good time reading some of your comments that you've sent to me. And, and I'll say this, the other day I was in um, the grocery store getting ready for uh, the family coming over and and I had a little negative attitude because the lines were long. And, of course, there were only four registers open at the store. And you guys know what I'm talking about. So I'm standing in the line thinking this is going to take forever. And I'd even sent Heath a message that uh, it might be a while. And, and so while I'm standing in line, I started checking my messages. And I came across a message from one of you that um, was talking about the podcast. And, and I just started crying sitting there in the line and you know it was just a great reminder you know lord this is for you and if it only helps one person then it's worth it well and that's the thing about it is if you get a chance shoot an email uh, you can find how can they contact you or email you um the easiest email to use would be missionlhc at gmail.com um, or you can contact us on facebook through facebook messenger and, you know, while we're doing this again, some of the episodes, like last one we talked about, I, I was one of my friends, lifelong friends, Mike Simmons. But as I was telling Amanda, some of the episodes are going to be couple-oriented, and some of them are going to be about things that have poured into our life. You know, uh, the old thing about, you know, the hands as important as the legs. The legs as important as uh, different organs of the body. Everything flows together. I just believe our friendships, the relationships, the stories we have have helped to make us the couple that we are today. And, you know, we're going to share some of our experiences. A lot of it will not really touch your lives a lot. Our stories are simply our stories. But we want you to take time to reflect. Think about similar situations you and your spouse have had. And maybe it makes you think a little bit and, and go back. You know, sometimes in the hustle and bustle of this world, you can get caught up with thinking about trying to have the next best thing or whatever's going on. Maybe stepping back, looking at your life a little bit and some of the things and the storms and the things that you went through. Sometimes when you go through storms, it makes you appreciate the sunshine the next day a lot of times when it's a good situation. So Yeah, that's right. I mean, every storm we go through, we come out on the other side just a little bit stronger. And, and as you guys listen to our stories, I hope... 
that you're reminded of your own personal stories and you can share your stories with other people. Yeah, and and also we would love you to, you know, share your stories with us. We would like to be able to read and find out how similar that a lot of our circumstances are. We won't ever share your names if you don't want your name shared, but if you don't mind, you just let us know and we can share some of your stories because if it's going to benefit people, you know, we're, we'd love to have several different people on our podcast that we talk to uh, because uh, everybody's got a different story. And that's the whole purpose that why we're doing this, try to encourage. Well, today we, we're going to start back and we're going to look a little bit at our beginning <laughs> when we first started out, Amanda and I, in our marriage. You know, in the very end, we're going to talk about tithing is going to be a big part of it. So that's kind of going to be the, the big point of this. But we're going to tell a lot of funny stories that, that lead up to that point in our uh, relationship. And so, uh, Amanda, you know, when we first started out, I already had a trailer. Mm-hmm. And it was a Taj Mahal. Yes, I think we already described it before. Uh, it was the the trailer from Urban Cowboy. Yeah. Bud and Sissy. Bud so, and Sissy. Uh, so just imagine Bud and Sissy. We've just gotten married and this whirlwind romance. But uh, <laughs> here we are in our little trailer and we loved it. Well, you remember last in the episode with Mike Simmons was talking about he that he didn't have long to think about anything because we were only <laughs> engaged a few months. And so I, that lets you know that we weren't telling a story about it. But so I already had the trailer and already had the pickup truck that I had bought mm-hmm. when I was single. And uh, we had, only thing we needed was the tags that went in the back of the window that said Bud and Sissy because that's how what they did in Urban Cowboy. Well, you know, and the interesting thing about that truck, you always say it takes two people to drive it, right? It did. And it's amazing <laughs> that I still drive that truck today. But Amanda doesn't have to help me drive it any longer. I don't know if the power steering started working or what, but when we first got married, sometimes <laughs> oh, it was as close two. to you as I could get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, that that's a that's a little side point there. But we're going to talk today. Uh, you know, when we think about our trailer, though, uh, I had bought the trailer and we started out. It was a very small trailer, and you did a lot of work making it a couple's trailer oh it was just so fun I mean it's exciting here we are married you know and all these little projects so paint can cure anything and so I remember painting everything that would hold paint I'd like to tell you that it stopped when we were in a trailer and when we went to a house we didn't paint everything a million times (laughs) I always laugh that uh, I didn't have to put any insulation in our house that we built because Amanda changed the color about 10 times over the years. So Yeah, I like to change paint colors. The only thing we're hoping they don't come up with some kind of lead problem again like they, a lot of the paints years ago because uh, with 10 coats of paint, there's probably one that's got some kind of chemical in it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so the trailer, we did a lot of work to it over the years, but it had a lot of problems with it. One of the biggest things about our trailer I can remember that uh, as soon as the heat pump would cut off, the temperature <laughs> would drop about 20 degrees yes. within the first minute. Yeah, it definitely didn't hold heat or cool air for that matter. We had the window unit that we would, but we would block off. Remember how we would block off the hallway so that when we were running the air conditioner in the living room, it only had to cool that one little space. Yeah, and then in the really hot times, you'd sleep in the living room or something, so it would just have to cool one area. Yeah. But... um and the heating part, you know, sometimes uh, that brings up a funny, one of the funniest stories that we have. 
we we had some animals around the house. And so, Mandy, you want to tell the one about the uh, the the dryer vent and, oh, and everything man. in there? So the way the in our little trailer, the the way the dryer vent was. I don't know how to describe it, how it goes out. It went underneath the trailer. So underneath the trailer actually stayed pretty warm when we were running the dryer. So we had a couple of little kittens. And um, at one point, they had climbed up the dryer vent. And I don't even remember you how were we, gonna did we you, hear you No, know, yeah, something. But you were going to clean it out. We pulled the dryer out. Oh, and yeah. you were down about to clean the, the lint out of the thing. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, the cat pokes their head through there. They had been underneath there staying warm. And that was also with the heating unit. I'm sure we had holes in the uh, pipes or something there that it was putting out. But that kind of stuff was going on. But that was a funny story about our, our cats about scaring now, you to death. Now, were these the same? Well, they had to be. The kittens that we got from your mom's house, they were wild, and we caught them. We had two kittens. They were, when we named them Little Bit and Bob. And Bob because the cat had a bob tail. Now, right. much to our surprise, when they grew up... Um, both of them had kittens, so Bob was not. <laughs> Bob wasn't a boy, so uh, we we thought Bob was a boy and little bit was the girl. Next thing we know, uh, we have a. We uh, were not kid. correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to tell you how sophisticated Amanda and I were, we had a problem. Every, you know, we're so old that everyone's dogs just ran free all the time where we oh, were yeah. from. And all the dogs would eat, any, if you put any cat food or any kind of food out, the dogs would end up eating everything. So we were very sophisticated on our porch. You know how it comes together in a 90 degree angle between porch rails. Well, we didn't really, again, money was pretty tight. So, so we, we didn't go out and make a big investment with some kind of special thing. So <laughs> t tell about what we use. So, all right, if anybody's ever been in the hospital, you know... When they're monitoring you for a while in the hospital, there's a, an appliance, we'll say, that they use in the toilet to measure your output. Well, that appliance was the perfect size and structure to fit precisely in the corner of the porch because those little flaps we were able to screw down to the, the, the porch, porch rails. Rail. And the dogs couldn't get up there and get it, and so the, the cat could get... still eat there. And I guess the great thing is we could measure how much food we were putting out for the cat each day. <laughs> and so, uh, do you think that Jeff Foxworthy had something about this? You might be a redneck if you use a, 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 a urine, urine collector, collector for a, a cat, food, food. cat food bowl. And uh, so, uh, you know, and, but think about that. You can take the redneck out of the, the the place like that, but we're still the same oh, ones yeah. today. That still is. Yeah. I mean, anything we can do to save a butt, we'll do. Well, listen at this broadcast. <laughs> That's true. And that brings me to the talk about that <laughs> truck that I was still paying off when we first got married. That's still the truck. That It was a 92 Chevy that I bought new. I still drive that truck today. You know, it's been through a lot, and it could tell a lot of stories. Uh, you know, again, Manda had helped steer it it had problems from the beginning but it became the watering truck for football mm -hmm. so all my pinstriping came off when the football pads would rub up against it 
the bumpers been up because Amanda and the kids, while I was in college working on my master's, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Back then, we couldn't mow the football field with a, a, a mower, mower like we do today. It had to be the real mower, which was, you know, like no electricity, cord. no motor. You hooked it to the bumper and pulled it across the field at a certain speed. Now, you had to be very careful. Well, I remember one summer uh, when you were in working on your master's degree, that I would Every load up the day. kids. Yeah, I'd load up the kids, and we would go down to the football field and, and mow the football field. I wish we had pic video of this or we had pictures because you can imagine Amanda and the two kids are in car seats. <laughs> Now, they probably think it's entertaining, oh, they love and this it, yeah. is the best thing. But So they're in there, and Amanda's mowing the field. And, you know, again, I've said she's been one of my biggest uh, supporters over the years, helping me in whatever I'm doing. And I don't know that our marriage really probably would have made it if she wasn't that way. Uh, you know, even me being principal, her being guidance counselor, we've just been partners in everything. But Well, I mean, and to be absolutely honest, I mean, there are times that it, it was no fun, and and I can remember getting upset with you. I mean, even now, I mean, you spend so much time at school. I mean, but we're both invested in it, but it, it's hard. It's almost like a jealousy of, you know, the, the time you invest in or did invest into coaching and, um, and maintaining those facilities and those relationships with your players. And, and sometimes it was hard for me to get past that and, and not think about what you were missing in our family unit. And so for me, the, the most important thing or the biggest thing I felt like I could do is you were serving in that commitment as a coach. And so what I could do is I could be there with you and I could bring the kids to you. So we went to all the ball games, even if we weren't involved. We wanted to be there with you. Well, you know, I think about that. You know, that's a lot of, uh, there's people out there that are pastors that are listening to this. I, I compare education a lot of times to pastors and pastors' wives and families, coaches in the same situation. How many times do, do our pastors spend so much time with us as a congregation, pouring into visiting hospitals, doing all those little things that they're away from their own families, and it causes problems. And so I just encourage you and thank you, you know, for all your sacrifices. But we need to be praying for our pastors and praying for their families because things are rough a lot of times with them because they they do so much for all of us. Um, you know, when, while we were just starting out and everything, the, we didn't have a lot of money for the, the little things. But, and I, I'm thankful we just came out of the 4th of July and we saw all of our family. They were all over here. Again, and that's something Amanda helped to do. We'll talk about family in another episode, but she put a lot of work in to allow the Yearwood family to come over here. My dad has um, seven brothers and sisters. He is the eighth of all of them. And they all were here all together, and several of their children were here. And so it was a, a great day. Yeah. Well, and, and too, I think it's important to know, you're, even though it seems like, well, that's just your family, but... Really, it's my family, too, and, and I mean, the Yearwoods, they just adopted me right in. I've never, ever felt like an outsider. 
they always they welcomed me in. And we talked a lot about my family because, but we happened to live in the same county. And then when Amanda and I first started, we basically lived in Yearwood Village. It was all together. <laughs> yeah. One of those situations where it was family land, and this acre you can put a trailer on, and you can be there. And so we all were together, and the cousins grew up playing together. But before we had kids, one of the biggest things each afternoon, Amanda and I sometimes would run or walk. And we would walk out to my grandma's house. My grandma and, um, and well, I call them Nanny and Papa. Mm -hmm. So we would go out to their house. And I didn't uh, like this as much, but Amanda did. Tell what was your favorite thing that you would get from them when we would go out there. Oh, well, your grandmother always had sweet tea, and it was the best sweet tea. And so, I'm not a sweet tea fan, yeah. but she loved the tea. Yeah, so we would drink sweet tea. In your case, you would drink water, and we would eat cornbread. And, like, you know, a lot of nights, that was our supper because we didn't have money to, we didn't eat out. We didn't do any of that stuff. We, we were very limited on what we could spend. But, you know, here's the thing. Your grandparents, they didn't have money either. My grandparents, <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Over the years, I told you about having, they had eight children. And every Sunday, there was usually going to be a dinner that was going to be over there after church. And the, nearly the entire family and grandkids and everybody came in. And I don't know financially. Yeah, people brought stuff in each week. But the gist of it came from them a lot of times. And that lets you know the kind of people they were and what they poured into it. And that's why when we had the family over here the other day, I looked at it more from from the older side now I was glad we were able to do it. I remember I had uncles that would do that when back when I was growing up that they would work themselves to death cooking and, you know, your grandpa when we would oh, go yeah. over there. I think about my grandparents and how hard they worked every holiday to provide this giant spread on the table for the family. And, and the older I get, the more I realize that that is so fulfilling. I mean, not that I'm a great cook or anything, but, you know, just being able to serve other people and provide for other people, I don't think I ever feel more fulfilled than when I'm able to serve. Well, you know, that brings up right there. Um, you remember... A lot of times when you were a kid, it was all about getting a present at, at Christmas or something. Mm -hmm. But now, as a parent, really, we find more joy when our kids get something, when you're watching your kids open presents and different things. And I think that's as we get older with our lives, we look back. But again, kind of we go back and we tell you certain things matter and certain things don't. The other day, what really mattered, the people sitting in their lawn chairs together, talking, laughing, cutting up. It really had nothing to do with, they were sitting by a pool at, you know, used to, we were sitting in out by the shade tree at my grandma. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about a location. It was about simply the time being together. So again, this podcast is to make you think about the small things, makes you think about what really matters. And, you know, some of those kind of things are there. Um, you know, we, we talked about things being tough when we would go to my grandmother's like that. You know, even my grandpa Hale and them, we would go to theirs sometime yeah. in there. And they were, 
they were by themselves most of the time, and they loved when people would come there. They lived in town, and we didn't always get to go to town. So we'd make a trip about once a week, but what would they always want you to do? <laughs> well, you know, there was always that special uh, in the paper, and those of you our age or older You had to get remember, the coupon? You had to have that coupon, but Dairy Queen's 99-cent chicken sandwich, that was the bomb. So we would call Nanny and Granddad and ask if they wanted a chicken sandwich, and so we would get a chicken sandwich and a DQ cup. <laughs> DQ cup was a little small cup of vanilla ice cream, and my grandpa loved that. And one thing, those of you that are from this Coleman area, you remember the uh, DQ sauce. Oh, it yeah. was now they don't you can't <laughs> get it any longer, but it was the special sauce that they made, and uh, it's kind of something like you would get from a Guthrie's or somewhere like that. But it was special, and we loved it. And I don't even know if they charged you for extra back then. I don't know if they did or not either, but. But um, well, that was big, but you also had a story. My grandparents would take care of you when you were in college as well before we married. Oh, sure. Yeah, like while we were dating, I was... For the three months or so? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was... I was taking some classes at Wallace, and my classes one term were too far apart to to sit on campus the whole time, but not long enough apart for me to drive all the way back home to where my parents' house was. It was too far. So your grandparents, Nanny and Granddad, they would they were working at the laundromat a lot at that point. And they would tell me to go by their house and, and just stay there during my break. So Nanny would always lay out a, a Coke and a moon pie for me. So I would have a Coke and a moon pie and take a nap on their couch. And that's what I was going to say, <laughs> and take a nap. So she had a, she enjoyed it. But you know what? Again, that would be snack if you're spending $3 a day on snack money. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Well, that adds up over the week. And back then, budgets were tight and we went, you know, basically just got by. But, you know, we found some ways to save money. Are you thinking about the same thing I'm thinking about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can think. I remember that one well. But, uh,. You know, I'd always had my hair cut different places and all that kind of stuff when I was single. And Amanda was like, well, I, she can cut my hair. We, you know, that was saving at the time. It was about $5. A haircut was about $5. But that's yeah, but all. you were getting it cut every couple of weeks. And we're like, that's, we could save $10 a month if we'll do that. Now, of course, remembering that as an educator, you know, you only get paid once a month. So we really had to budget. But... So, I, Amanda gets these clippers. We have to really spend a lot. I think they were about 19 No, they were $28. I remember being torn up about it. We were in Walmart looking at the clippers, and I remember thinking, we don't have $28. What if I can't do it right? I don't know. But you gave me specific instructions on how to cut your hair. You said, it's easy. You just pinch the hair between your fingers and then just cut off right at the same height as your fingers. And so that's exactly what I did on your entire Yeah, now she would use the clippers <laughs> to buzz around or whatever. But all of a sudden when I look at my, uh, when she finishes, I look in the mirror, my hair is just one length all the way across there. You know, normally your part's a little longer or somewhere. Well, let me just say it this way. If any of you have ever seen... A coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to wear a hat for a few days. So that one going on is probably during the summer. So uh, that was a big thing. We would do that. Now, then at the time we're when we first married, not everybody had cell phones. Now my mom and dad 
actually bought us the cell phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now we were responsible for the cell phone plan. Mm -hmm. And so back then, your cell phone plan was not unlimited minutes. It was based on your minutes. And I'm talking about limited minutes. (laughs) Yeah, like 10 minutes. So so tell like... (laughs) So like we had these signals worked out. And so by that point, I was driving to Athens um, to go to school. And, you know, thankfully, mom and dad were still paying for my college. So that was very much a blessing. But uh, we had our own little code worked out on the cell phone. So when I was on my way home, I would call you to let you know I was on my way home. But I would only let it ring once. And we knew that if it rang more than once that I needed you for something. Yeah. So if it rang once and and hung up and I knew about the time she was going, that was a signal. And we didn't waste any minutes that way. So we would save minutes. Uh, you know, that's big. And then, like, uh, when we really would splurge, sometimes we would eat out. Now we would splurge and we go to Waffle House sometimes. <laughs> we love Waffle House. Yeah. yeah. But back then, uh, some of you might remember, was it hot now? Oh, yes. Hot now. <laughs> now we really look back and we wonder what kind of meat was I'm actually not sure there. We really but the sandwiches, <laughs> you could get a hamburger for under a dollar and whatever, and we would eat it hot now sometimes. We would share a combo. Yeah. Maybe Ma- maybe that's why we were thinner back then. <laughs> that's it. Life is not so good that we can that we eat more now. But we would uh, drink water with most of them, mm-hmm. and so or Kool Aid. Or Kool-Aid. We still drink Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. And now you was talking about my grandparents about me drinking water. No, down there we drank Kool Aid, but it was actually the uh, leaded type. And what I mean by that is, I'm just kidding for all you that are old. Gasoline used to be uh, leaded or unleaded. <laughs> well, the Kool Aid. We have nowadays, it has artificial sweetener in it. But back when my grandmother would make it, yeah. it was about six inches of uh, sugar in the bottom of it. <laughs> because she would make that giant that jar. That jar, <laughs> like a looked like a big mayonnaise jar, but a giant one. <laughs> and uh, the family all drank Kool-Aid all the time, so mm-hmm. great Kool-Aid. But um, other ways that we would save money, you know, we talked about the cell phones and eating out. When we really splurged and we would go to the movie, now, you're thinking the theater, now it cost you an arm and a leg to go. We didn't go to the regular movies mm-hmm. then. We would we would go to Decatur, which now, looking back, we probably spent more gas money traveling to Decatur. Well, I don't know. Gas was pretty cheap back <laughs> yeah. then. Well, we would go to the dollar movie. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you didn't have Netflix. You didn't have uh, Hulu, all you those kind of things. You didn't even have internet then. <laughs> you didn't have internet then. Slow dial up. We had slow dial up. No, we didn't even have that. There was no such thing as internet, I don't think, when we got married. At least not in Alabama. Not in in Coleman, Alabama. (laughs) But uh, so we would go to the dollar movie, but it was movies that had went off at the regular theater and maybe about six months later they would come on at the dollar movie. So uh, it, we would do that, and uh, we'd have to smuggle in uh, snacks most oh, of the time. Oh, of course, yes. We, I would carry a big purse full of snacks. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, the, so those are some of the things. Now, we, we say all that just kiddingly. That's some of the ways that we, when we first started out. But, you know, in in that, some stuff that was very important, you know, tithing was still a part. We were going to church, and I'd been raised about tithing, and you'd been raised about tithing. Yeah. One of your first situations about tithing, can you tell that? Oh, goodness, yeah. If, if any of you have read my blog, you've read the blog about the Capri Suns, but my mom, she just has this special gift for making a point. And when I was a kid, 
she taught me in a very vivid way what it means to tithe and you know, we didn't have much money back then and um, my grandparents often bought groceries for us well one particular time they had bought groceries I got to get a box of Capri Suns and I thought that was the best thing in the world and as we were putting up the groceries that night mom set aside two of the Capri Suns out of the box into a, another box and I asked her what she was doing and she explained to me that she was tithing from our groceries for the church, the church food pantry and you know looking back at it now I'm sure she was tithing from that food because we really didn't have any money to give but it was a very vivid lesson that she taught me in that. And that's great that she used even something like that. I, I think a lot of times we get confused. It's not always about our money. I think we're supposed to tithe our time. We're supposed to serve the church. We're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, I even kind of my parents taught me about tithing as well. It was important to them. And they realized, you know, you have to give God the first and not mm -hmm. the leftover. Fruits, yeah. yeah, and it was amazing how it was hard to write that check. Like when I was oh, young and I worked at a store, I'd get $50 a week to work at the store. My, my mom insisted that I would tithe out of that $50. Well, $5 is a lot of money. In my mind, I was thinking, well, 50 is not a lot anyway. Now I'm having to give away $5. But it was it stuck in my mind that I could think about it, just like the Capri Sun story. Mm -hmm. So if you're a parent out there, I encourage you, to, you, your kids have to see that in you. And if you're not doing it, I encourage you to, you know, what you know, we've heard our preacher, Brother Malcolm, say before, you know, you can't ever outgive God. That's true. I mean, I know in, in our married life, I mean, there's been time. It's been really tight. I mean, especially when you were the only one working. And then even when I started working, both as educators, again, we only get paid once a month and trying to budget that. But, you know, just stepping back and realizing that what God wants is our first fruits. And so the first thing that comes out of our checking account every month is our our tithe and and I can think back to a couple of situations in our married life that those were the times we tried to skimp or tried to wait and you know I'm not saying we were being punished or anything like that but I could definitely tell a difference and and it's amazing to watch God work and I mean it, it doesn't make mathematical sense it just really doesn't well, and you look sometimes, and I mean, the carnal part of us sometimes looks and thinks how much money that you may be tithing on or you may be doing, what you could buy with that, what you could do. But I still think we have to realize that God has blessed us so much more. It may not all be in your material things, but in, with your marriage or different things. And that brings up, you know, a story there, Amanda. Yeah, I mean, when I think about tithing, there are a couple of, of passages in the Bible that really stick out. And, you know, one is the, the parable talking about um, the widow's might. And, and in that um, story, Jesus is talking about, um, which is that really even a parable or did that really happen? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no theologian, so I don't know, but... In, in this scenario, the, you know, all the, the people were giving their money to the treasury, the rich people, and the, the widow gave, I think it was like two mites or, or something like that. But Jesus was telling his disciples, 
how much more that was worth because she gave everything she had. And so it, it wasn't about the dollar amount. It was about the, the spirit in which you're giving it and that, that willingness to give even more than you're asked. And then God also tells us in Second Corinthians about um, that he loves a cheerful giver. And so, it, so we don't do it like a lottery. It, it's not like, okay, if I give this, then I'm going to get this back. It's we give it in faith and, and are happy about it to, to give um, God back what he gave us. Well, and I think that's a great point. And, you know, so it doesn't matter about how much you give. It's just, it's the, the thought behind it. And, and, you know, if you make only $50 as I did and you give $5 out, that's as valuable as someone that made $500 and giving the 10% out of it. In God's eyes, it's all the same. And one thing I heard a sermon the other day that talked about, uh, Tony Evans had a sermon on there. You know, why do you think that God wants us to give a, a tithe. I don't think God has to have any of the money. I don't think it's nothing about that. But he brought up something I never thought about before. The reason that the tithe is important, it it keeps us humbled to a degree that we realize everything is God's and he is allowing us to use it. We're just renting it from him. Mm -hmm. So basically the 10% we're paying is rent on what all he's provided or what he has given us. And he related that also even to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, if he had said, you know, every bit of this is yours, they had they would have had no need for God. If they had everything, he, he gave them everything in the Garden of Eden except don't touch that tree. Mm-hmm. You can't have that fruit. You know what? That was to let them know that they weren't equal with God, that they're not on the same level, but he didn't require much out of them. But they still wanted more. And, you know, a lot of times in our lives, we may think about it, that new truck, or we may think about the the boat or whatever else that we could do. If I don't give at church and I don't do that, I can have this or that. But you got to realize God's provided you with everything and remember that. And, uh, again, this episode is just about some of our memories of starting out. But more importantly, it's about remembering who are uh, who provides for us mm-hmm. and keeping him in the, the loop of it because without him, nothing's possible. That's right. All right. Well, hey, we enjoyed another episode, and I hope that you find interest in it. Or if we can be help to you, please contact us, and uh, we want to hear from you. So tell us some of your stories that you may have had similar like that. And we would like to share some of those stories starting out each day. We don't have to mention your name if you don't want your name shared. But I think people would find encouragement with your stuff as well. So thank you all and have a great day.